Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2351 with a release date of Friday, November 18th to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. A shortwave radio giant goes off the air. Are CubeSats ready to be replaced? And a more antenna-friendly environment in part of Germany. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2351 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Shortwave station WTWW has gone QRT. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, has the details. Shortwave fans worldwide were disappointed to hear the November 9th broadcast announcement of WTWW Radio that it was signing off the air for the last time with plans to continue to provide programming instead over the Internet. The station's operator, Ted Randall, WB8PUM, cited difficulties in meeting the station's ongoing expenses. Based in Lebanon, Tennessee, WTWW provided a wide range of programming at 5.83 MHz, along with music and amateur radio content at 5.085 MHz. The station was among many to broadcast programming directed towards Ukraine following the invasion by Russia earlier this year. The station went on the air in 2010 as the 100-kilowatt operation WBWW and could be heard first on what were testing frequencies of 5.755 MHz and 9.48 MHz at different times. Over the years, WTWW gained an especially strong following among amateur radio operators for carrying ham-related content. The station also featured program hosts such as Art Bell, W6OBB, who presented a popular show on the paranormal. According to the SW Listening Post, the station's final sign-off included a farewell from Ted that urged listeners to make the move to web streaming its content. The station's final song was America the Beautiful. By virtue of its station call, WTWW, also known as We Transmit Worldwide. To continue hearing the station's streamed programs, follow the link in the text version of this week's script at arnewsline.org. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Some of WTWW's programming is also becoming available on the commercial shortwave station WRMI Radio Miami International. WRMI is airing the content as WRMI Legends. A new private WRMI Legends fan listeners club page has been launched on Facebook. The world of the ultra-tiny satellite is preparing to take on a whole new shape. Ralph Squatchy, KK6ITB, tells us about the shape of things to come. What modern music lover doesn't remember compact discs? While that shape is no longer widely used to hold the latest hits or some favorite classics, the compact disc does hold something else. The promise of a new kind of plate-shaped ultra-tiny satellite. In fact, the DiscSat, as it is called, is in development as a potential replacement for the widely known CubeSat, with the hopes of creating a new standard. Because they are so thin, measuring 1 inch or 2.5 centimeters wide, 
Many can be launched at the same time, stacked inside a payload for later deployment on an individual basis. Although its dimensions can be changed, the demonstration disk set also measures 1 meter, or not quite 40 inches, in diameter, leaving plenty of room for solar cells. NASA has funded the project by engineers at Aerospace Corporation, a national nonprofit company headquartered in California. Aerospace hopes to get a quartet of disk sets launched in either 2023 or 2024 through the Pentagon's space test program. Engineers hope the disk set will prove suitable for very low Earth orbit, offering low atmospheric drag and the ability to stay up in space for longer periods of time. That kind of compact disc would indeed bring music to everyone's ears. This is Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. A proposed change in building regulations in one part of Germany is expected to allow higher antenna mass to be installed without permission being required. This is the same state in which Ham Radio Friedrichshafen, Europe's largest ham fest, takes place every year. Here's Ed Durant, DD5LP, with an update. An antenna-friendly change in the state building laws is expected to be adopted in Baden-Württemberg. This will permit antennas to be installed on masts as high as 15 metres or nearly 50 feet in residential areas and 20 metres or 65 feet outside of residential areas without the need for planning permission. Until now, the state's height limit was 10 metres or 32 feet, consistent with other states in Germany. Proponents of this change are hoping this will enable more complete digital cell phone coverage without the burden of paperwork previously associated with antenna installation. The fact that the new law applies to all radio masts would, of course, be a benefit to radio hams in the state as well. The state parliament is expected to debate the draft law change soon and if approved, its enactment would come shortly afterwards. This is Ed Durant's DD5LP. The Maritime Mobile Service Network came to the aid recently of a fishing vessel with engine difficulties. Jack Parker, W8ISH, has that story. On November 6th, engine trouble was plaguing the Captain Chad as the 80-foot commercial fishing vessel made its way through the water south of Jamaica with eight passengers aboard. The captain called for help over various frequencies on the commercial HF Marine Band, but without luck. Fearing the calm waters would soon get rougher and more dangerous, he declared an emergency and called for help again, this time turning to his radio's preset frequency of 14.300 MHz. Tom Uteri, W5TEY, who was on duty as Maritime Mobile Service Operator, heard the call and got the boat's location from Captain Curtis Jackson. Tom telephoned the Jamaican Coast Guard, but after getting no response, he reached out to the U.S. Coast Guard in Virginia. The Maritime Mobile Service Network then lost contact. All it could do was leave information about the Captain Chad and ask all incoming net control stations to try to reestablish contact. Two days later, a much happier contact took place. Tom heard from the fishing vessel's owner. The boat and everyone on board were rescued without incident thanks to the vital information passed along by the Maritime Mobile Service Network. Tom said simply, quote, it's what we train to do, end quote. Reporting for Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH.
The New England division of the ARRL has just acquired the means to buy some powerful tools to help amateurs struggling to combat RFI. With the help of a $23,640 grant from Amateur Radio Digital Communications, the division will be purchasing kits to be used by each of its seven sections throughout the New England states. The kits contain antennas along with equipment capable of RFI detection and spectrum capture and will be capable of helping on the VHF UHF frequencies as well as on HF. Rob Lydon, K1UI, Assistant Director for Spectrum Protection and Utilization, expressed confidence that the section teams will be well-prepared and well-equipped. The division will be conducting on-site training for each section's RFI team, and the ARDC grant is designed to cover these training costs as well. We remind our listeners that in another two weeks, we will be announcing this year's recipient of the Amateur Radio Newsline International Newsmaker of the Year Award. We began this award in 2019 as a way of honoring individuals, groups, or formal clubs whose actions and contributions show the world the value that amateur radio brings to society. Recipients are chosen by the editorial staff of Amateur Radio Newsline. All past recipients have shown themselves to adhere to the high standards of selflessness and community service, which Ham Radio is known for, and have also helped garner recognition and a higher profile for Ham Radio in the mainstream media. Be listening in early December when we announce the deserving recipient. The award means they have not only made headlines, but also made a difference in the world. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WI9HF repeater in Madison, Wisconsin, on Tuesday nights at 7.30. A U.S. astronaut whose tenure on board the ISS made history has retired from NASA. We hear about him from Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Congratulations to astronaut Bob Behnken, KG5GGX, who retired from NASA on Friday the 11th of November. Bob, a former colonel in the U.S. Air Force, made headlines as the pilot and joint operations commander for the first crewed flight of the SpaceX Dragon when it was launched to the International Space Station in May of 2020. Previously, Bob had been on flights of the Space Shuttle Endeavor, logging 93 days in space. During these missions, he completed 10 spacewalks in all for a total of 61 hours. Bob became an astronaut candidate for NASA in July of 2000. His first space flight was aboard the Endeavour eight years later as a mission specialist. This is Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Using the innovative technology of virtual reality, an art center in Cardiff, Wales, is celebrating a radio pioneer who made history with technology that was innovative for his own time, the 19th century. We have those details from Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The presentation at the Wales Millennium Centre is called A Signal Across Space, a title that refers to the Morse code transmission sent on the 13th of May 1897 by Guglielmo Marconi across a stretch of open sea. The signal travelled between Flat Home Island in the Bristol Channel and Lavernock Point on the South Wales coast. The moment becomes reality, or rather virtual reality, for audience members at the centre who are given special VR headsets enabling them to experience 
experience themes in music, poetry and dance that were inspired by Marconi's experiment. Viewers see it all in a 360-degree immersive experience. The 50-minute film has several sections of which one uses part of a lecture from the Barian District Radio Society describing Marconi's experiment. Another section called In the Air recounts the story of Marconi's 19th century experiment more directly. The centre has also assembled a small exhibit for audience members to view afterwards, offering a closer look at Lavernock, where Marconi received those first transmissions. The programme concludes on the 20th of November. I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The deadline is coming up fast for hams in Australia to comment on a proposed new license class. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, brings us up to date. The clock is running out for amateurs in Australia who want to submit comments on a proposed amateur class licence and on a separate proposal that would permit amateurs to increase operating power from 400 watts to 1000 watts PEP. Under the latter, advanced class amateurs. The class licence is proposed to take effect in July 2023. The Australian Communications and Media Authority will accept all submissions until 5pm Australian Eastern Time on November 29. I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. The Hamvention 2023 team has announced that innovation will be their theme for the 2023 Expo in Xenia, Ohio. Writing on the Hamvention website, team member Michael Coulter, WHCI, said the theme was particularly exciting because, quote, we are confident it encompasses the world of amateur radio today in just one word, end quote. Hamvention will be held May 19th, 20th, and 21st, 2023 at the Greene County Fairgrounds and Expo Center. Tickets are already available online and by mail. The website is hamvention.org. State police in New York tapped the crime-fighting potential of amateur radio during the recent Halloween season. Cell MB KB3TZD shares this success story. In New York State, the Pumpkin Patrol has been an amateur radio holiday tradition since the mid-1980s, pairing hams with New York State police along one of the state's main thoroughfares, the New York State Thruway. The thruway extends from Newburgh in the Hudson Valley all the way north to Syracuse. For five hours on both Halloween Eve and Halloween night, a traditional time for mischief, New York amateur radio clubs once again worked this year with the state police to monitor checkpoints along the overpasses to ensure motorist safety. According to a report on the website mylittlefalls.org, no suspicious activity was reported. State police said that 15 ham organizations participated, representing 19 counties in New York State. The crime-deterring effort was inspired by an incident in 1976 when a CB radio operator was talking to a truck driver on Halloween when the truck driver's windshield was shattered by a pumpkin that had been tossed at the vehicle from an overpass. CB radio operators began the first Halloween safety patrols soon after, and the effort grew from there. This is Selembi, KB3TZD. In the world of DX, be listening for Bob, W7YAQ, and Al, K7AR, on the air from Pago Pago, American Samoa. They are calling QRZ from November 18th to December 1st using the call sign K8H. You can also hear them in the CQ Worldwide CW contest. The station will be on 160 through 10 meters. Logs will be uploaded to Club Log on a regular basis. QSL via OQRS, Logbook of the World, or W7YAQ. 
AQ. There's still time to work Paco EA7KNT from Porto Antiguo, Sal Island, Iota number AF086 in Cape Verde. He's on the air until the 20th of November using the call sign D4SAL, QSL to his home call sign. There's also still time to work the Rebel DX group operating as T33T from Banaba Island in the Republic of Kiribati. There will be active until the 26th of November on 160 through 10 meters using CW sideband and FT8, QSL via Club Logo, QRS, or Logbook of the World. Listen for Andy N2NT using the call sign V. 47 NT from St. Kitts before and after the CQ Worldwide CW contest. He will participate in the contest as well using the call sign V47T. QSL via W2RQ. Beginning on the 1st of December, be listening as special event station GB1LJF gets on the air to celebrate the British Electric Lightning Fighter Interceptor aircraft. The plane flew as an interceptor in the 1960s and 70s and made its last flight in the UK in 1988. Details are available on the station's page on QRZ.com, QSL Direct to 2E1HQY. Our final story is about a net held once a year by a group of amateurs marking the American holiday of Thanksgiving. Hams are welcome to check in either before or after the traditional holiday feast. Mike Askins, KE5CXP, serves us a generous helping of the details. Thomas Black, K9ASE, is looking to talk turkey with a couple of hams. It's the kind of straightforward but friendly on-air chat he and other radio operators have been enjoying on Thanksgiving Day for the past 11 years. They mark the American holiday by putting amateur radio on the menu before or after the traditional feast. This year, as in all the previous years, everyone's invited to the table, domestic or DX, on November 24th. Many of those who check in have grown to know one another from the forums on QRZ.com. Others simply show up to wish holiday cheer. Thomas told Newsline, quote, It's a great opportunity to wish everyone happy holidays and spread goodwill. There are no formal rules, end quote. Frequencies are on or near 28.450, 21.310, 14.245, and 7.200 MHz. Updates are posted in the QRZ.com forums under the thread with the heading Turkey Day Net. The action starts at 1500 UTC and continues into the evening until, as with the big meal itself, everyone has had enough. This is Mike Askins, KE5CXP. With thanks to Aerospace.org, the ACMA, Amateur Radio Digital Communications, AMSAT News, the ARRL, BBC, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Facebook, Funk, Telegram Magazine, Jeff Savasta, KB4, JKL, Hamvention 2023, MyLittleFalls.com, QRZ.com, the RSGB, ShortwaveRadio.de, Thomas Black, K9ASE, Wales Millennium Center, Wireless Institute of Australia, and you are listeners that's all from the amateur radio newsline we remind our listeners that amateur radio newsline is an all-volunteer non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation if you wish to support us please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all we also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us for now with karen eve murray katie 2 gut at the news desk in new york 
Network and our news team worldwide. I'm Neil Rapp, WB9 VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.